0: This podcast is sponsored by Uncana, Trusted Natural Solutions. Uncana is a leading voice of advocacy for CBD in the veteran LEO and federal communities. Veteran-owned and operated, the Uncana team is actively fighting for DoD access to CBD with political pressure, community support, and a simple message. Hashtag optnatural. Uncana is vertically integrated with industry leaders from seed to sell, supplying premium small batch products to America's best. Use code Mentors the Number Four MIL at checkout at uncana.com to receive your amazing discount. Read the Mentors for Military disclaimer at mentors slash disclaimer. Hey guys, if you've been listening to Mentors for Military podcast for a period of time, you've probably heard about our Patreon site. That's at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Mentors the Number 4 M-I-O. So what is Patreon? Patreon is a way in which each and every one of you can help support the podcast and help us continue bringing great guests and great content each week. This week, I'd like to give a big shout out to three of our latest patrons. That's Simon Mueller, Scott Minchin, and Luke Adams. Scott joins Jonathan Lambert as our largest donors. Thank you so much, guys, and all of our patrons on our Patreon site for helping support the podcast. If you guys haven't already heard about Veteran-Owned U.S., it's one of the newest ways that we're trying to help veteran-owned businesses. We created a website, veteranownedus.com, in which veteran businesses can list their business so that people can go out and become patrons of their businesses. Help support a veteran-owned business. Nothing says, buy American, like buying from a veteran. Go over and visit VeteranOwnedUS.com today. This is the Mentors for
1: Military podcast. What's there up, man? What's up, gentlemen? How y'all doing? Good. How are you doing? Good. Real good, man. Real good.
0: You know? We got the two Byrons. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Is it? <laughs> Byron Squared. Um so I guess Byron B maybe is how I'll separate the two and Byron Byron R. It's so funny. I've got there a,
2: can only be one. You know, I've got <laughs> right, it like Highlander around
0: here. I have a neighbor next door that spells his name with Y and it's Brian. I keep wanting to call him Byron. You know, because I know you guys and I know another Byron and it's like, damn, I know all these Byrons and every time I have to stop myself, it's not Byron, it's Brian.
1: Yeah, because nah, I saw dude, it my mom, spelling. I see my
2: brother-in-law is Brian. And my mom's always like, "Damn it, Brian, butter. whatever my son's name is."
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough because I get called Brian and Brian all the time. That's oh, I bet. Hit me with. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. So man,
0: I'm glad you're uh, you're on the podcast with us, and I can't wait to dive into the whole thing. Looking back on it and stuff, I want to really get to. I think we had talked about it a little bit about getting into you know some of the shit that's going on today, and with uh, more and more need for security and those types of things. So I want to dive into that a little bit as well, and you know we'll, we'll talk about that. I thought maybe it would be kind of great though to as we typically do to get a little bit back into your past. I know you were in the Marine Corps and before you started off into private security and doing some of the things you're doing as well as podcasting, um you know, what was the what were the humble beginnings there that got you into the Marine Corps? Was it that your parents uh, or one of your parents or family members were in the the corps before or were you the first?
1: I was like, let's see here. No, I was the first. Um My grandfather was in the Navy, had something to do with, um, you know, had a a lot to do with uh, garden nukes and things like that out in Washington. Okay. But I never met him, you know. So for me, I wish I had a better, you know, more romantic deal. But I think what happened was I've always been a warrior. There's warrior ethos running through my veins. I started playing video games and got into, that, you know, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and I just remember being like – Four and more years of school or, like, I get to go fight people. Like, I can't do any more school. <laughs> I was yeah. like, there's no way. And then there's a war kicked off. And I'm like, Pfft. like I'm an able-bodied dude. Like, I got to go whip it on. Like, this is what we do, you know? So, yeah. Like, <laughs> for every, you know. And, yeah, really it was like a fear of more school. And I just had to go fight. And and actually the other thing that was a big driver was I didn't want to ever have to question my masculinity. Yeah. Um like with that. I, well,
2: I mean you joined the Marine Corps, so there's I, I <laughs> and mean, there he you is still gotta
1: go. <laughs> like, like I didn't ever want to have to question my manhood, like when I became you know, like when <laughs> I like, <laughs> You're funny, Byron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: As are you, Byron. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like so my dad's ultra manly. He got shot at point blank range with a shotgun and survived it and still <laughs> locks me on every time I talk with him and I was like, how am I ever going to like measure up? And I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to war and he ain't going to say nothing. So (laughs) So did you go check out any of the branches or you just go straight to the the core? So I walk into the, uh, I walk into the cafeteria. I got two recruiters. I'm looking at both of them. I walk up to the army guy and I'm like, Hey, who's the baddest. He's like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I want it to be a challenge. I want people to look at me and know I'm part of the baddest outfit. I want it to suck. I want it to be hard, and I don't want a lot of people to be able to do it. And this was an Army Reserve guy. So in the Army guy's you know, defense, he looks to the left, he looks to the right, and he's like, you should probably go join the Marine Corps. No, he didn't. <laughs> he said that to me, bro. So then I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm like, I walk right over, and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's Byron, do this. he didn't Bye. even
0: talk option forty. The guy didn't talk, you know, SF. He didn't talk anything. He right. just said you ought to go join the Marine Corps. I mean, well, we he's need a to reservist. find this.
2: They don't have those options. Well, I know,
0: but he okay, should right? have still known all of that. I mean, we got to go find oh. this guy. What's his name? We got to call him out.
1: Herbert <laughs> Washington, man, he's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he's got
2: coronavirus right now. I'm sure. So. That is. That well, is that just
1: common sense. That's just
0: wrong, man. That's just totally wrong. And so anyway, you end up going into the uh justice, So so when you went down to the MEPs, so what did you uh what was your ambitions? Were you going down there to, to be an O three eleven and to go infantry? Or what was the the primary goal going in?
1: There was no other way other than infantry for sure. Like I was like, I'm joining to fight. I want to fight for sure. Um you know, I did a recon in doc during the interview. They were like, you know why do you want to join recon? And I was like, I got woken up in the middle of the night (laughs) (laughs) and I got put here, you know, like, yeah, I didn't have anything to do with even ending up in this seat. You know what I'm saying? And not like, you know, not like I made it or anything, but this was the interview portion. And they were like, you know, I was like, well, what's my pipeline look like? They're like, you're going to go to school for like two more years. And then you'll, you know, and that's the pipeline. And I was like, nah, I want to go fight. So for me, um, I was like, I want to go to the fleet, I wanna fight and then I'll figure it out. So for me it was all about getting to that fight. And uh, it's just something I've always felt like I was just that I was I was created to do. And then beyond that, even now, and of course looking back, I wish I had done everything I could to get into recon. That'd been awesome. That'd yeah. been such an honor, you know. But I was immature. I was like a kid. Yeah. Yeah. But now, you know, I um even now, like the you know, the content that I put out on a frequent and consistent basis is all about, hey, like we're still at war you know we're yeah. still at war with weaker versions of ourselves every single day and that is the game
0: you know to me it's uh, it's a challenge these days even for the recruiting side of this because you know the 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 force obviously still needs to be maintained but the younger age group you think about it my parents had you know three kids four kids you know the the generation before that had four to six kids today it's more like one or two and then the odds of one of those wanting to go into the military is relatively slim and at the same time frame they're just not as physically fit and this is not a knock on the generation it's just the the fact of the matter uh, the numbers are less and the physiological, the, the body makeup, the chemistry and everything seems to be a lot different. They're talking about a lot less uh, body mass and um, a lot uh, less bone uh, mass and everything. Density. Yeah. Bone density. It's just crazy when you start thinking about all of that and how difficult it might be to, to actually start
1: filling the force in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I feel like, I mean, I don't know how controversial y'all get up on here. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> go ahead. Um, but I feel like there's been a uh, kind of a tilting, a leaning towards a uh, more feminine value structure in our society over the the last, not that, that, not that either masculine oh, for or sure. feminine is <laughs> Thank you, that's what's up <laughs> yeah, I know, Absolutely, I will back that 100% absolutely. I think either one of them is correct if they're in balance, you know, like day implies night, light implies dark, life implies death These things need to be in balance, masculine and feminine this needs to be in balance, and I think we're leaning more towards that side. And I think those these are the this is the fruit of it, you know. Weak men, weak men are a lot more dangerous than strong men when you start looking. And at that's
2: it. not saying that they're that women are weak. Right. I mean, that's not saying because I mean, like I've said, and I've said this on previous episodes, where I actually have no problem with women being in Ranger School. People are like, oh, all in up arms and their egos, are, and they go, oh my gosh, you know, I'm an Army Ranger and no woman can do what I can do. Bull crap. I've seen. A million Rangers that are physically incapable of even doing their job. And, I'm like, and I am scratch my head and go, how did you get through? You got pushed through, dude.
1: Dude. You know, where <laughs> I know
2: plenty of women that are beasts and can smoke, you know, like smoke the dudes. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the bottom line. And yeah. I mean – Does that mean it's a balancing, it's an attitude, it's a structure that is completely being thrown off kilter, like you said, and that's just, that's just not, it's not okay. Like you said, everything has to be done in balance, and if it's out of balance, you're going to have pandemonium.
1: Right, and I think if we're talking about masculine, if we're talking about dudes and the health of men, I think it's on a decline as a result of our values not really being as kind of glorified or as you know valued anymore you know like structure exclusion not everything's about inclusion all the time yeah i mean right. sometimes it is about exclusion uh discipline being hard you know giving stern correction these things are going out the windows so we're getting flimsy floppy dudes you know yep. And uh, You can yeah. even
0: look back into, I don't know, it was probably in the 90s, the military very much started changing within how they were treating individuals going through boot camp, basic training. Um, yep. They could no longer refer to them in certain tones. They couldn't call them certain names. They couldn't cuss any longer. They couldn't do a lot yeah. of the things that were you know done back in the day. And there was a different warrior mindset that now was being created. And much of that was right. generated because and I know we're going a little bit off track here, but I think a lot of that was created um, even when i went through basic years ago about um, the the way in which society was treating the military they didn't want to see their sons and daughters being Mm -hmm. treated a specific way because it was an all-volunteer force and so it was starting to change and even many of the generals said hey listen mom is really running a lot of the military because first time Sonny you know picks up the phone and calls back and says hey i'm having a problem she calls her congressman She doesn't call, you know, the general or the drill sergeant or whatever, the platoon sergeant. She picks up the phone and gets immediate action, which then sends a ripple effect down through it. So it's about Mm -hmm. trying to now, as that more often changed over time, it's how do we get a a warrior mindset in the culture that we're in today with limited resources and the challenges that we have going on in recruiting? Um, so yep. I think it's a combination of everything that we're talking about. That's led us to this point today that it, it's really going to be a challenge.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's, and I think a lot of it has to do with <clears throat> people have made it okay to fail, right? They're okay. To lose. It's okay to be a loser because we're going to give you an award anyways. You're going to get a trophy for that anyways. And yeah. for it's like my son the other day, he wanted to like, you know, my son's four. And he wanted to race me in the backyard. And of like the, you know, the first two times he was like, "All right, you know, I beat him the first two times, like smoked him." Of course, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, you got to give him some you know, for, You know, and, like, I, and I was like, and finally on the last one, I I let him win, you know, and I did that as a parent intentionally because I wanted him to know you have to push yourself harder and harder to. To win, and you you're not going to get anything. There's no there's no a boy at the end of losing, you know. Yeah. The, the illustrious words of the uh, was it um, uh, the the Will Ferrell movie, you know. If you're not first, you're last, you know. And that's and that's a yeah. that actually is a pretty true statement because yeah. if you can't, you have to build excellence. You have to have a drive internally, a fire that burns inside of you to be better than the guy or girl next to you to your left <laughs> and to your right and if you don't have that you're not you're not going to excel yeah, you're just going to yeah. be okay with mediocrity
1: which is just the most disgusting most dangerous thing <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really <laughs> and nothing will lead you closer to destruction than comfort So it's just, you know, it's just one of those sneaky things and society will tell you it's okay. That's what bugs me about society now is just like, they'll just tell you it's okay. Like you're saying, they're giving these participants, well, it's okay that, or, or here's another one with the, the whole fat shaming thing. It's like, nah, dude, I don't want you to be fit because I have some prejudicial kind of some issue with fat people. My heart goes out to to um really honestly because of that condition, but I want you to be fit because your entire the quality of your entire life will be enhanced. You will live longer. You will be healthier. And I want what's best for you because I'm just a loving human being who wants everybody to make a billion dollars and get everything they want in life. You know what I mean? And 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 it's yeah. it's my love for you that's going to cause me to tell you the truth if you ask me. They're like, nah, man, like you need to tighten up your game, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't be a good like even fellow man, if I just lied to you, I'm like, you know, no, you, you should love yourself. You're you're good just the way you are. Like, nah, what's cool is that you have the power to change anything about yourself. That's what I think is really right. Well,
0: awesome. I think the lesson that you were giving your son in a way, too, and maybe I'm way off base here, is more of, listen, I am twice the size. I am a grown man, whereas you're not. You know, you're a child. And so, you know, because of that... Um, There is going to be major differences here in in terms of your speed, your size, your stride, everything else. But, you know, what I wanted to teach you is that you can continue aspiring, and one day you're going to flat out whip my butt. Yeah. Oh,
2: it is. I mean, I remember my father doing the same thing. My father, uh, who was in the military, um, and him doing PT, and he'd take me on these runs, and I couldn't keep up with that guy at Mm -hmm. all. Um, That's awesome. and now my dad laughs, it's like, and of course he, you know, he, you know, as a father looking at your son, you're like, holy moly, my son's far surpassed me in the physical aspect of being able to, and of course I did. I mean, he, he, he bred me to be that way. Heck you know, yeah. I, I don't say that, I don't say that to be arrogant or to be, Full of myself. I say that out of pride because my father spent his life breeding me to be a different type of man, a different type of human, one that strives for excellence, the one that goes, Man, I made a sale. Like, you know, even if, if you're a salesman, heck yeah, I made a $10,000 sale today, or I made a $5,000. The other guys are like, Yeah, man, hook yeah, I made my quota. You know, and I'm sitting in the seat next to him going, Not good enough.
1: You yeah, know? that's where you start. You made your quota. That's right. Like you, you Elena used got mad him. at it. My, my
2: better half. I, lo- I love my better half. She's She was so excited. And she even, even made a assignment. She made one of our – when we first opened an ammo sale, she made a huge ammo sale. She was so excited. She's like – she looked at me, typical, and she goes, I thought you'd be more excited than that. I said, nope. It's like, not enough. She that's was what like, I'm talking about. She was like <laughs> – And then she was like, hmm, let's see what you're doing there.
1: Because
2: <laughs> she's, she's a type A, too. And she's
0: like –
1: yeah.
2: Ah, okay. All right, Roger.
1: Touche. Yeah, I love them.
0: Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's great, man. I think that's great. I think it's funny, though, Byron, that you started this off with asking the question is, you know, can you go and ask a very sensitive question or take us, this whole topic down a very sensitive path? And that's it's kind of surprising that we're having a conversation that we're concerned about whether or not we're going to present it in the right way. We're going to talk about, right. you know, <laughs> right. I mean, seriously. And, and, it, and we've gotten to a whole world where... There's a lot. I mean, yeah, we're, we're walking on pins and needles. We have a difficult time doing this for almost every topic. It seems nowadays.
1: Yeah, and it's I. It's one of those things, man, that I struggle with. Is and fortunately, you know, I I try to take pride in being able to intelligently articulate an opinion in the most good luck with that right, non offensive manner. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um,
2: this is very this is very
1: appropriate, gentlemen. It, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I totally get it. Now. <laughs>
0: That's
1: what, I, all right, sweet. Weapons free, right? But, Weapons uh, free. <laughs> you know, I, I try to really pride myself in that because of the uh, the nature of the world right now, around what I and you know, I think many people refer to as emotional intelligence. You know, yeah. Um, right. And if you do have a truth, I think you have a responsibility to deliver that truth in a way that it's palatable palatable to your to your. Listener, yeah, but there is a lot to be said for... I don't know, man, the the changes we've seen in American culture around emotional intelligence and and, and all these other things. man. Well, the
0: only way that we grow is to actually have a conversation and the only way that you have a conversation is when two people sit down and actually talk to one another. And so if you're not having a conversation and you're not talking about the difficult topics, over time, you end up becoming more and more divided. And so we saw what that turned out like, you know, many, many years ago when people were divided into different religions, Uh uh, different colors different creeds and now different sex the whole thing we can't continue fostering an environment that uh, that doesn't allow open communication and i i agree with you byron it has to be a very civilized um a, a very um professional type of approach you know and one with knowledge and not ignorance when you have the conversation if you if you believe that you may not be coming from a place of knowledge then just it just acknowledge that Listen, yeah, hey, and just soak I, up the combo. Yeah, Byron, I may not know what you're talking about. Byron, help me understand, you know, right. type of thing. So I can actually learn
1: if I truly have a desire to do that. Exactly. And like for me, yep. the, the confirmation bias scares the heck out of me. You know, seeing what you want to see because you're hanging with you, who you want to kick it with. But a good disagreement is like medicine. Like when you actually find someone. Yeah. Where you respect and is intelligent. And who will thoughtfully disagree with you and expose you to why they believe what they believe, that's how you arrive at higher truth. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, right. it's a beautiful thing to me. I'm like, really? Why do you think that? You know? And they're like, well, and they break it down for when you and, and now they're punching at your truth and you're going <laughs> to see if your trash holds water. It's like it's needed. You know, I don't know. I think it's awesome. Well, I think
0: in leadership, this is one of the things that for me, I used to do all the time is try to surround myself with individuals at the table who didn't not only just agree with me, but didn't agree with everybody that's at the table, because then we can really have a conversation. Now, at the end of the day, um, we're going to either reach some kind of agreement here, or I'm going to be the one that's going to make the decision if we can't reach right. you know, a consensus here. But if I we have...
2: Oops, sorry, I'm
0: uh, I was just going to say, if we have intellectual people that are actually having a conversation, we should be able to most of the time reach right. a consensus. One hundred percent. You were going to say, Byron?
2: Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, I just had a w- way cool conversation. This was a couple months back. Actually, it may have been right before the winter that I had. I had a friend of mine, and he's gay. Okay. This, I'm going to show some of my 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 personal insight, but he goes. We were having, there's a conversation going on between me and another friend, but he was there. We were all having beers together and it came out that I disagree with homosexuality. He's like, you're, so, so why are you my friend? I'm like, uh, cause you're my friend. I don't have yeah, to agree to with the fact with you. that you're gay. Yeah. I'm not gay. I disagree with gay. I think it's a choice. That's my choice to believe that yeah. you can pr- try to prove me wrong. That's fine. But you're not going to. That's my personal belief. I still love you as a brother, and I would still lay my life down for you because you're a human being. It's okay to disagree. It's all right.
1: On everything you do, and he was like,
2: "Wow, (laughs) that's that's pretty cool." And I was like, "It kind of blew his mind that I was okay with him being gay, but I didn't agree with his lifestyle." That doesn't mean anything.
0: But you also have to be open to the mindset that if someone were to come in, like myself, that says that it's not a personal choice that you have to respect my belief and how i look at it as well and so we can equally maybe disagree on what we're agreeing to or what we're talking about that's right and that's something that's now missing i think that's what you're you're really trying to state
2: brother you you all three of us sitting here today have fought and served this great country for the right to be able to do that yeah that is why it is okay to have a difference in opinion because that's what makes this country so freaking great. So let's talk yeah. about
0: something that's in the news right now that just recently happened with, um, you know, you had Captain Crozier who made a decision as a leader. Now, we don't know what went beyond uh, behind the scenes. It could have very well been a situation um, where he used the chain of command. The chain of command was not acting appropriately or effectively in his mind in a timely manner. And he's sitting on a time bomb situation where he's seen more and more of these sailors on this ship that are getting COVID 19, coronavirus, and um, they're in tight quarters. There's nowhere for them to go. They can't practice, you know, six foot isolation and those types of things. And so maybe he didn't get enough traction and he sent out a response in a letter using a non-government email and actually copied other people, including news media and stuff like that, in order to get the attention. So the sec- the acting secretary of the Navy comes back and basically relieves him of his command. Well, not basically, he did. He relieves him of his command. Now, there's an outcry from some of the general public that says, why would we do this? This guy was just being the letter leader, including former military people rear admirals people who have actually served in his role on the other side of it people are saying well the issue here though is that this guy circumvented his chain of command used his authority in a different in a way in which he probably shouldn't have and my point here I guess what I'm trying to cut to the chase of is everybody was wrong in this situation and mm-hmm. i believe the reason why I will state this from a leadership perspective is that there actually should have been a call to action by the Secretary of the Navy, in my opinion, where he called this captain on the carpet and then sure. brought him in and said, listen, this is the situation. I want to understand your point. So help me understand that. And then he'd listen to it. And then he'd go, okay, now I want you to understand my position and that I had before this occurred. And now what you've placed me into is a leader. Because now... Right you put me in a very small area of what I can actually do to assist you because of the attention that it's drawn and, and the magnitude of this situation. So what I want you to do is to help me formulate a path forward. And if you can't do that, you leave me with only one action.
2: His, his entire ship cheered him on as he was... He was they only know one
0: side it. of the story, and that's my leader uh, is sticking main, up yeah, for yeah, my <laughs> back. Well. You know?
2: I, there's there is there is a there's an this has happened throughout history, and the thing of it is is that do I agree with everything that that captain said and did? Yeah, actually I do. Um, he he acted on his men's behalf, not on his own, because he knew what he was doing when he did it, and he knew the consequences. Because at the end of the day, the United States military has to uphold a standard. He broke. Rules and regulations, so he has to be held accountable for it. But as a leader, you have to be ready and stand ready to do the hard right over the easy and wrong. And sometimes that means burying your own career and making horrible, a bad decision for yourself to benefit and save the lives of others.
0: It, he a, did that. It's a great topic, though, when you think of it from a leadership standpoint for active duty military personnel to do exactly what you're talking about. Because really, as a leader, if you were to state this in uniform, you would be saying there will be a time or could be a time where you're put into a uh, an ethical or legal dilemma to where you have to make a decision at that point that could not only end your career, could end your life, could end other people's lives, could send you to jail, whatever the case may be. And so, um, you know, when that point comes, you're going to be given limited, perhaps limited time and limited information to make that decision uh, that decision. And and that's really the life or death situation and the types of people that we're trying to bring into the military are people who have that wherewithal or at least can learn that wherewithal to have the mindset and the intelligence that they can make a split decision. And hopefully it's the right one, whatever it may be. And right might be determined by somebody else and in a court of law outside of yourself. What do you think? <laughs> what what do I think or what does Byron think?
2: But with the, the Byron, what do you what's what are your thoughts? You've got that you've got that face going there. Like I got like, yeah, oh dude. man, you got the gears turning there.
1: Yeah, man, it's a sophisticated equation. One that I would uh, I would um, definitely take pause before ever judging, you know. Like I, I obviously we we're talking with respect to everyone involved. Uh, I would uh, Really want to understand if he believed he was protecting his guys and keeping his guys safe, uh, then friggin' I salute him, you know, uh, if he, but at the same time, there's always a bigger mission that you really want to keep in mind. Um, and that mission is very important as well. Um, I, I'm the type of leader where I will always do what's in the best interest for my guys who are bleeding and sweating and and who are in the cold with me. So I bend way more towards that way. That that side, if he was like on that ship and watching his dudes get burned up and watching them catch the sickness and all that trash, then uh, then I, I believe he made the right choice. Uh, any way you can get get your dudes to safety, heck yeah, and you know what, burn for it. Yeah. Um But at the other, at the, but I do want to say that there's a lot to be said for making sure you keep the overarching mission because because you never know if something you're doing from your compartmentalized. Office can have wider and larger implications involving more um, you know, more guys getting put in harm's way because of the decision you're making. So before making that decision, I would weigh – I would really make sure I thought that all the way through that this won't lead to more trouble down the line for – Right. You know, you know, so that's yeah. how I would –
0: Isn't that the same thing, though, to what we were talking about earlier? I mean, it plays the same. You you have to have you know the intellect, the ability to step back from the situation, um, uh, you know, have a voice of reason, or the ability to reason, to communicate, to allow the other person to state their opinion, their beliefs, or whatever. And at some point, you know, especially if you're in a leadership role, whoever is going, somebody's going to have to make a decision. Now, the Secretary of the Navy made one decision. The Captain made a different decision, and uh-huh. the reason why the Secretary of the Navy made his decision is based on the actions of the captain um, but you know, in every situation, I think I ran a poll on mentors for military to find out um there was like seventeen hundred people that engaged within the poll and stuff, and eighty like eighty four percent said, "Yeah, this guy is the greatest of all time, you know he's a good leader, um uh-huh. and that's the belief you know and and some uh-huh. of those that are that were no i i understand their point because they made sure to reach out to me a couple of them to say hey listen he's he circumvent uh circumvented the chain of command well do you know that for certain do you know that he didn't first reach out to the chain of command don't make the assumption that he didn't do that and he just blasted oh. out an email well he sent out an email uh in an unauthorized email account Yep, yeah, he he definitely did that um and and, and he's, he's a fault but that is that warrant relieving him of his command in oh. itself
1: no you know yeah, I don't think so. And then the other thing though that I wanna bring attention to is that tool you're talking about, that leadership tool you're talking about is, is spot on. Like when I got new dudes on security details and they put me in dumb spots, like I'm not gonna just be like, Hey bro you know, don't do this. You know, I almost always use it as a teachable moment to be like, check it out. I'm trying to manage perception, manage our quality of life here with the client. Yep. This is war. These are the implications of what you did. We got to make sure that this doesn't happen again because you just, you know, this is going to have implications here, 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 and here. And now I'm in this spot. Yeah. Now we're in this spot. Yeah. Because you know, we live and die as a team. And when that learning, you know, it's like inception, you know, <laughs> once that learning happens, then you have done something that's so much more valuable than just discipline. And then, if you do have to discipline, uh, it's just so much more effective. You <clears know? throat> so I, that what you're talking about, man, that strategy is is really, really a good one. You're well, you're a-
2: also bringing them up to your level. Yeah, you're, you're teaching you're, your sp- you're teaching them, and in, in your ins- you're 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 taking a a moment of weakness, and you're turning it into an inspirational moment to bring them to your level. And for them to see, and now what happens is that you you're 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 playing with their emotions. You've now made them disappointed in themselves that they have now put you in a position, and now they're man. I don't want everyone. And if they respect you, and uh-huh. they and they they you inspire them, they don't want to disappoint you. It's like your dad. You don't want to disappoint yeah. your parents.
0: Yeah. So. So, I mean, you think about even the situation of where, um, you know, we had whistleblowers or individuals who were cadre members of of SOF that were complaining about the the standards being uh, changed uh, for Ranger School, for Special Forces, you know, it's the same type of situation. The command had to react because the news had already gotten out. They leaked that information and chose to go out to the public and to the media in order for it to be there. It left little opportunities for the command to be able to do it now, to their defense, they'll say, "Well, we brought this to the attention of the command, and the command did little action. As a matter of fact, they told us to be quiet and go away." But every every action has a reaction, and that's what we're kind of talking about here, um, you know. And to have a an open com- communication, understand both sides' opinions, both sides' perspective is what's most needed, and and. uh, Byron, I'll go to you in terms of what you do today, you you know, in protection. If you had a, you're dealing with high uh, visible clients and stuff, you know, and if this was a situation where something which might seem very minor occurs in which it gets out into the media and starts impacting your brand, your company, and what it is that you do for a living for your organization, you're going to have to take some kind of action. And to your point, you said, well, I I use use it as a a teaching moment. Not everybody would use that as a teaching moment. They'd say, I'm going to cut the cancer. I'm going to get rid of this guy to show an action that I'm a leader. I'm following the right ways. I can't have individuals that act this way. So therefore, I've let this
1: individual go. Yeah, like if there was no track record or pattern of behavior that suggested that this was like on the spectrum of, of behaviors that I could expect from this dude, then I would very, I would definitely use it as a teachable moment, because uh, you know, Robert Green, 48 laws of power, one of those is learn how to turn your enemies into allies, and former enemies have things to prove, which isn't exactly right, but uh, for this instance. but that same principle, you know, someone who makes a big mistake, I believe, can become more valuable to the team, because the learning from that mistake uh, means they're never going to do it again and they can influence other people not to make that mistake. So anytime I see a dude mess up big and he knows he messed up big, you know, it's like, okay, here's an opportunity to make this guy even more valuable. If, if we can just navigate this in a really like effective, meaningful way, you know, if I can really, if this already matters to him, so I'm where I need to be in his heart and in his mind, you know, so let's make sure we leverage this, you know? And that. so, yeah, that's, that's kind of my leadership style hundred percent, man. I like to, kind of rebuild people anytime i can because it it uh it proves to make a really strong team when you all got your scars and all that stuff but you're still together and you're covering each other
0: yeah and and to do you leadership know equity well in the military a lot of times we do after action reports to talk about you know the mission set what occurred what you know what we need to do better and those types of things so as a team we can improve upon that and th- it's all a learning moment right it's all yeah. a, an oh, opportunity yeah. and everybody gets a chance to to speak you know and call their their teammates out and to talk about this we hear that a lot in uh, especially you Heck know yeah. special forces where you know um in odas and stuff they go through this a lot where they sit around and um and after a mission set, they, they get the opportunity to say, Hey, listen, if you'd have done this right, this wouldn't have occurred or, Hey, you know, and and Byron, you may have dealt with the same thing in your line of work uh, with the rent regiment and some of the other things that you, Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. AARs. I mean, you know, it's, you know, from being on uh, a free fall team and a demonstration team to ranger regiment, it's, it's, you know, it's, you have to be able to eat humble pie on a daily basis and you have to be able to sit there and have your brothers uh, or your sisters uh, sit there and go, hey, you didn't make formation on the jump. Hey, you, you didn't clear your corner correctly. Hey, you didn't do this. If, if you would have done this, 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 and this, the second, third, fourth, fifth orders of effect would have been a lot different if you would have done it right on the front end. And sometimes you have to take and go, yep, I, I screwed up, guys. Um I've got to be better, and again, goes back to what we said at the beginning, you know, that continuous strive for perfection. You know, will I ever attain perfection? Nope, but I'm going to strive for it. And I'm going to continue to be the best that I can be. And <coughs> you know, if Byron, if I was on a protection detail, which very well could potentially happen in the future, and Byron's the is the lead, and he's like, Byron, what's up, Byron? I need <laughs> you to do this. Cool. And I fail at that out uh, that thing. Byron's going to look at me regardless of being friends and he's going to let me have it and i'm gonna look him dead in the face and go man i screwed up i let one of my homies down and i've got to be better in the in 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 this in whatever it might have been you know what i'm saying so
1: yeah yeah 100 i think that in my opinion is what turns into the definition of a warrior uh in today's society man because like now nah, we're not chasing down, killing things all the time. We're not, like, banging shields and swords anymore. But yeah, I think that the modern warrior or, you know, <laughs> the guy that gets out and is like, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like, I don't see the fight anymore. I don't, you know, I don't know who, what, where my fight is and I'm dying inside. Yo, bro, in the mirror, this is your new warfield like this is your new battlefield Mm -hmm. and your life's going to reflect back to you the fruits of that labor ship of being uh able to fight yourself weaker versions of yourself and to transform into better versions of yourself and so whether you're a mom a single mom whether you're you know like whatever your fight is whether it's against like weight finances relationships ptsd as a warrior your job is to just be the line between the chaos and the order in your life I believe and you're always trying to push into that chaos and establish higher order by becoming a better and stronger version of yourself um, and when you when you if you really got that warrior engine in you when you step into that it feels like home it's like man I went so hard for the Marine Corps I went so hard for s- some war I didn't understand sometimes now I'm here and it's like time for me to fight for myself fight for my family and fight for people who are dependent on me like on my own volition okay dude like i know how to go hard like i know how to go hard now it's time to go hard you know that's that's the conversation i'm having with with myself and i try to inspire others to have with themselves when they wake up in the morning it's like not nah, it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter how much progress you made and all that trash you look yourself in the mirror it's another day it's time to fight you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like now that, after progress equals happiness. Let's it's know.
0: it's part of the problem that I think that we have with uh, guys getting off active of duty and the transition, like you're talking about, Byron, with you know guys not having that mindset or losing that mindset or not knowing how to apply it into a new world and a new society. But I think some guys and gals, are, uh, people, you know, within the military may run into these same types of situations, even in a PCS. Let's face it; you may be spending two years or so with a high speed unit and guys and gals that are really motivated. And have the right mindset and you're all one you know and in sync and all of a sudden you pcs to a totally different environment and these people don't have the same mindset the people don't want to get along and work as a team and you know have a cohesive environment uh, they don't communicate the same way all those types of things and it makes you frustrated um where that's what i think you're also trying to say byron is that you got to find your own way and you got to apply your personal mindset to the situation and make it even better
1: yeah 100 percent um and that that's that's you know it's something i wrote a book i wrote a book called finding meaning after the military Um, And it's about this very thing. It's about that transition that you go through, but it's about finding your new fight. Because when you get out here and you wake up on that first morning and you ain't got no alarm clock and you're like, and you're like, you know, (laughs) you're growing your beard, you know, and you're cutting your camis and you're making shorts out of it. You know, uh, you start, Uh, you're (laughs) wearing them right now. That's right. I didn't even notice that. (laughs) You You learn real you. Well, you eventually learn, hopefully not the hard way that they're, you know, um, freedom, you know, comes with – there should be a statue of, of responsibility on the West Coast to balance out that Statue of Liberty because it, freedom without any purpose, that kills a lot of people. And I think what happens is people, they they don't find their new fight, and they're just wandering through life, and what do you do with something you don't have a purpose for? You can't find value in you know I'm yeah, I'm saying you throw it away. Right. Hey, babe, this thing on the counter. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know. You throw it away. You misuse it. You abuse it. And then it gets eliminated. And so that's why we have brothers and sisters out here going through what I call the atrophy of identity. You look in the mirror and who you used to be has gotten so far away because of the way the you movie reel ends. Yeah, man. And you're like, I'm never getting PTSD is knowing you'll never be that tight again. That didn't like <laughs> <laughs> that cancer, you know, and you start to you tell them the same stories and your wife doesn't care about your stories anymore. She's heard it too many times. You know, your family's done listening to you. And then, you know, you look in the mirror and they don't even believe you really did it because you've just you've gained weight. And there's all these things that are just eating you alive on the inside. You're looking at your current life and you start to like you lose who you are. You lose the value in who you are and the ability to fight and change so that book uh, Finding Meaning After the Military I talk about really the psychology behind finding your new fight and redeveloping your identity so you can find purpose and meaning in life after the Marine Corps and the 1st Civilian Division man because that I think that's really what what kills a lot of us before we tap out. I think it
0: actually even goes back further than that, if you ask me, and that is that um, people don't realize the transition that they made from being a civilian to a Marine or to a soldier or to a sailor or an airman. And so they forget that there was a transition that occurred that created who you believe you are today. And yeah. so, you know, Hey, you already did this once. In other words, I guess what I'm trying to say is everybody thinks, well, I've lost my way now. I don't have that same identity anymore. No, no. you don't have the identity you did when you were in high school. You don't have the identity it, right. that you did when you were on the football team and you got, you know, maybe injured. Right. You don't have the identity you did maybe when you were, you know, in middle school or what we change through our whole life all the time and reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm. but we just don't right. pay attention to it because we hold on to those things that are close to us and dear. Mm-hmm. So in this case, your last identity is the one maybe you like the most mm-hmm. out of all the other ones and you want to keep it, but yet you want to get yeah. out of the
1: military at the same time frame. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's a very interesting thing. No, it's 100% true. And really what it become, what I've learned too, especially through all the different like kind of entrepreneurial lessons I've learned and been punched in the face and failed at and some succeeded at is like, You really, uh, resilience, and I was interviewing an awesome guy named Craig Douglas the other day. He calls himself an Mm adaptation. This ability to be extremely adaptive and resilient, which requires being grounded in your identity and who you are like i mean bible reference david says i killed the lion i killed the bear now by the grace of god i'm gonna kill this philistine well you, he's got struggle credentials that he's referencing in his mind to even have the faith to step into the fight and so that's one of the things that breaks my heart with vets when i see him getting banged up i'm like dude like we've been through so much man you should be out here remember you know how to be cold you know how to be tired you know how to be miserable you know how to work like you're in a sweatshop you know what i'm saying like. Yeah. Don't forget who you are. Freaking whip it on out here and uh just do that until you figure out what the why is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we have the engine, you know. Um, so those struggle credentials I think people forget, like, you've already done this before. You've already created this valuable being that you respected. Take all that, do it again. And guess what? Once you get it done this next time, you're gonna have to do it again. Yeah. Because life's yeah. gonna require it because it's mountains right. and valleys and seasons until it's curtains in this thing, right. I think.
0: I mean, how many times have (laughs) as the three of us probably adapted and reinvented ourselves, and even dealt with some kind of you know getting coming out of a storm and going through resiliency in so many different ways, whether it's family, health, jobs, you know, finances, (laughs) relationships, relationships, yeah. Oh man, and And it just happened. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, Um, and and this, you know, new um, thing that's going on right now and stuff with coronavirus and the pandemic mm -hmm. is even going to cause greater concerns for people who have difficulty before this or had difficulty before this are going to struggle and have challenges even greater unless they take control of it now, because, you know, the economy is probably going to need something to get (laughs) kicked back up again. Yeah, it's going to be crazy for a period of time. Yeah, Yeah, and so Uh, if you were struggling trying to find your identity and being able to adapt to a society or the things new around you. You're going to even struggle that much further as things start to try to get on reset. Somebody hit control alt delete here and you know, and yeah. we're going to reboot and when we reboot the economy and reboot you know, everything going on um now companies who may not uh dealt too much online are going to start dealing more online companies who oh, didn't yeah. allow work from home are going to realize some benefits others are going to realize not uh so they're going to mm-hmm. restructure and they're going to start looking at uh facilities and how many personnel do they really need in order to handle the the mission because hey i let off yep. 40 yep. percent off a of furlough and i was still able to produce the right amount and so perspective reality at the uh that at Adaptability. Adaptability. Thank you. Uh, those things, <laughs> those are all going to start coming into play once uh, once again. And a true warrior with a right mindset, like you're talking about, Byron, is going to be the individual who can survive if they start digging in and remembering what it was that they went through in their transitions going in, coming out mm-hmm. and everything else and the things in life that they experienced, they should be able to be better equipped than I think a lot of people.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And like, I kind of on that whole thing too, I feel like a warrior, our, our responsibility is to deal with the chaos, you know, for the people behind us that are dependent on us that are, that are, that love us and that we're, you know, like we're their champions, you know, like some of them chose us to be their champions, but some of them were just born into our family under our responsibility. And, you know, as a warrior, you got to get out there. You got to get out in front of them and you got to go out into that chaos, fight that dragon chaos, whichever story you're reading. It's that warrior that's got to get out there in front front, and uh, you've got to make order out of that chaos, you know? And it's, it's like a calling, it's a responsibility. It's the most righteous thing. And, out of chaos comes higher order, you know, and we get a little Jordan Peterson on it, but you know what I mean? Like out of chaos comes higher order. We need times like this to help us refine, to help us become more intelligent, to help us do better, be better. So like when I see things like this, I thrive in the chaos, man, because it's just like, here we go. Heck yeah. Like let's refine things. Let's get better. If I can fight, right now when it has to be all digital and i can be effective then imagine how it's going to be when i can have a live event and have the digital p you know what i mean like yeah. imagine when i get all my resources back you know um complacency so.
0: kills a lot of businesses i
1: mean once yeah. they start
0: getting comfortable
1: that's when somebody comes yeah, up
0: right. and, and still and moves i don't know if you guys have ever read NBA. the book uh, who moved my cheese <laughs> have you guys no, ever no like-
2: i have i've never heard of it okay so <laughs> this
0: this is this is a really good book and i've talked about this in you know a really really early podcast and so it's been a while so i'll bring it up again but um it it's a book that was actually passed out while i was in the army um you know before uh we ever went to combat or anything and because the army at that time frame was going through a lot of transition and so they started talking about all right well, well at least my command they were like all right here's here's a book that gets you comfortable with it and then they showed us a movie that went along with it um i you know honestly i'm not going to try and push the book you should go out there and buy it but you could probably go to barnes and nobles get you a Starbucks coffee and sit down in one of those nice cushy leather chairs and read it in about 15 minutes but
1: um, (laughs) i'll give you the premise
0: of the book the cliff notes basically you think about um, a a set of mice that are in this um, maze and they continuously as mice typically do um, get very comfortable in their surroundings and do things in repetition. And so in this case, these mice kept going to this certain segment of this maze and that's where the cheese was and they kept eating it and eating and going there and getting fat and happy every day. And then all of a sudden one day, there was no cheese when they got
1: there. Yo, who moved my cheese? And so peop- <laughs> moved- so
0: everybody's wondering what the hell happened to cheese. And a couple of yeah, people, yeah. A, a, keep a couple of the mice decided, all right, we're going to go out and find out if there's a cheese someplace else. You know, <laughs> so they decided yeah. to go through the maze. And all of a sudden, after they go through this long, you know, scurry and stuff, they find cheese and they come back and they tell all the other mice and everything. Hey, we found more cheese. Well, from now on, the mice would come into the maze, and they'd go to that cheese. And they would Mm -hmm. eat all the cheese, and it continued on and on and on again until the cheese was all gone. And once again, you had those mice that kept going to find the cheese over and over again. And there was only a select few that started realizing that I can't continuously eat this cheese. I better go find where the cheese is at so that tomorrow... I'm nice and fat and happy because if I don't keep looking for the cheese, then I'm not going to be able to survive, right? Right. Yeah. So the book is called Who Moved My Cheese because, you know, basically that's the whole premise that if you get fat and complacent and happy with where the cheese is, at, somebody may come and move the cheese for you. Right? Right. And yeah, then awesome. and then you, you know so find them. Yeah, so as a leader, <laughs> I used to, to go to my, my I used to go to my team all the time as a leader and go, "You know what I'm about to do?" I'm about to move your cheese, move Byron. Cheese. Yes, <laughs> I'm about to move
1: your cheese. You know what? what? All y'all, we're moving cheeses tomorrow. Get
0: up. <laughs> and that's exactly the response I'd get from What's some up people. With him? He's Byron, would be like, "Moving our cheese? Mo- move my cheese?" You know, I'd be like, "Well, let me tell you a little story here about uh, go buy the book. You know, who moved my cheese?" But the, the, the whole idea here is that one day, if you're in control, you're going to move somebody else's cheese, or somebody's going to move your cheese, and you've got to be able to be adaptable to be able to you know search for the where the cheese is going to look for the you know what I used to call look for the bend I I used to tell my team the difference of what you know most leaders try to teach you is the here and the now and what's going on what I'm going to teach you as a leader is that there is a curve that's happening in the marketplace and the things that are around us. And we've got to be on the bend and know what's around the corner because if you're yep. not looking for that, you're going to die today. So, as a yep. leader, my job is to teach you to bend it and to look over on the other side of it so that you can prepare for the market shifts that's going to happen that's in your control and out of your control, much like where somebody's going to move your cheese.
1: And it everybody happens all the dead.
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time in society, right? So all these guys getting off active duty, all these guys struggling with their commander or their unit that they're currently in and the people. Well, guess what? Somebody's moved your freaking cheese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you going to be go the guy fine. that's piss poor, blaming, you know, the fact that the cheese is not here and it's because everybody around you ate the cheese and that's why I don't get any and my belly's grumbling? Yeah. Or are you going to be the mice that's going to go find where the cheese is at?
1: I'm go find my own cheese, y'all. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. I might drop that a That's good, man. I love it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we've just basically come 360 here on on uh, the topic because everything we talked about really surrounds that whole thing about having the right mindset. The, you know, you can call it a warrior mindset. You can have, you know, the right, um, you know, having a group of people with the same ethos and the same, you know, um uh, spirit and you know, the, whatever you want to call it, esprit de corps. and you you may be put in situations now where you don't have that. whether it's a pandemic, whether you get out of the military, whether you lost your job, whether you're having difficulties with your family, well, somebody's moved your cheese. The situation is now um you know moved itself and shifted. and And Byron, this is where it goes to. Are you going to get become adaptable? are are you I going to look, look for a way? to overcome the obstacles that are in your way? Are you going to search beyond the curve to look for the next opportunity? And that's what mm-hmm. a lot of companies are doing today. And you're going to be the, the, the mice that's going to be sitting there waiting for the company to make the decision for you.
2: All or right.
0: you're going to be the individual that's going to say, no, I'm going to take control of my own destiny.
2: You know, you're sitting there talking and it just cracks me up laughing because it's like it reminds me like, you know, you'll hear people say, it's like, oh, the military doesn't have a place in the civilian in in, in civilian." Private
1: the private sector, yeah, yeah. and world? I and
2: I laugh. It's like, really you know, are you kidding me? It, yeah, I've had people tell me this. Like, you're not in the military; it's, it's not, it doesn't apply. And and in fact, it does. <laughs> it has it's, every it more, applies than. A, more than more uh, than applicable. And like, for instance, you know, you're still talking about moving cheese and market changing and things. Are you going to adapt? Look at what we did in the military from 2000 until present, and you have. I mean Crazy. for example, modern Dick modern army combatives, yeah, right? right? The Marine Corps combatants program completely yeah. changed four, five, right. six times. Why? Because the battlefield changed. Had CQB. To change. CQB has changed so much so that most of which is classified now. Because it the battlefield changes. The, yeah. the, the, the room doesn't change. The enemy changes. Yeah. They're doing things differently because they're learning our techniques. They get a We vote. have to learn how to come in and do things in a different fashion that are going to be just enough, either
1: effective
2: you're more effective. You're either using speed, violence of action and surprise, uh, not in that order, but you know, yeah. you know, that's, that's what you're continuously having to change and move and yeah. that works the same in marketing, Everything. that works the same in EP in the executive protection world. I mean, it's yeah. super, super applicable in the executive protection because, oh, yeah. you know,
1: no skill, trade,
2: skill set is, is yeah. continuously
1: changing.
0: Every situation oh, yeah. is different. Um, yeah. you, you, if you're not a person that can easily adapt, I would imagine, within your space, Byron, then, you know, you're not going to really survive, you know, literally. Yeah, you're just
1: done training. Yeah. yeah. Well, and these people billionaires want things their way because they can have things their way okay so like you go on one detail you're the king you go on another detail you better learn with a minefield how that minefield works and you better learn how to do it effectively and their way at the same time you know what i'm saying because yeah. there's in my opinion like on what you're saying man this world is 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 div- it, it, it moves by progress like progress yeah. is big here efficiency is big here the most efficient beast lives the longest lives the best you know what i mean survival of the pack in many ways the most effective pack keeps the most safe and there's an evolution that's always taking place like between that order and chaos you know it's like your enemy is evolving and if you're not evolving with them if you're not growing you're going man and the other the battlefield is evolving the market you're trying to exist in is evolving even the relationship dynamics in your home as you and your spouse interact with each other it is so So solidifying and evolving all the time and so You've got to be always like in that chaos, in that adaptation, that, that phase of like, you know what? That's a weaker version of myself. I'm going to kill that. I don't do things that way anymore. And sorry, you know, that was me yesterday and I'm evolving. So it's like, there's an evolution that's always taking place between that order and chaos, whether it's in business, battlefield, relationships, finances. It's like, how can I do this a little bit better? How can I save a little bit more money? How can I make better investments? How can I deal with my taxes better? Like you're if you're not in that state, you're not cooking with tartar sauce. You know what I'm saying <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> you're right now. It's, yeah. And it's it's and it's scary because it's like, yo, you gotta turn water into wine like all the time. Like you 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 I don't know for me because I generate content and I'm always like you know, pushing. There is a time where it's like, yo, I've gotta really, really, really learn to to be creative all the time. But you get conditioned to it if you have the bravery to condition yourself to it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It can become your new normal where you're like, I've got my finger on the pulse of my battlefield and I'm learning and it's not easy, but the reality of um, most wisdom and I think many valuable things to do in life is that they are, uh, they're simple, but not easy. And that's just really what's going to make you great if you can execute on them, you know, yeah, <laughs> By yeah. The grace of God, yeah. Like, that's what's going to make you great is, is, is being able to do those hard, simple things. Uh, on a consistent basis more often than not you know
0: yeah so what what is the um the company and stuff that you own now that maybe you can share that with some people in case they they want to look you up or they want to you know i know you have a podcast and stuff so maybe you can share about that uh you told us about your book so anybody that might want to learn a little bit more about you byron rogers so how how would they know about that How,
1: how can they find you Awesome. Uh you can find me at byronrogers.com. B Y R O N R O D G E R S.com. Um that's really where you'll find the hub of my operations. I've got Um, I've got a cool podcast all about executive protection, but it's really about protection. Um, I've got two podcasts. I'm going to drop another one, executive protection lifestyle. And then, uh, the protector podcast, I've got live events that are all about learning protection, um, that are protection centric called protector symposiums. We're going to have a digital one this year. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Um, and then we have some on ground ones and, um, You know, I have a boutique executive protection company out here, and then I also have uh, an executive protection online training course where I coach guys and consult with guys and make sure they can achieve guys and gals and whoever's getting in the game and help them achieve success called the Executive Protection uh executive protection training day so
0: are you looking for guys i mean there may be a lot of guys listening to this that are coming off active duty or have been out for a period of time and this might be right in their wheelhouse so how does that work and and do you have operations across the country or
1: right now my operation is in california is primarily just in california we do a lot of moving international and stuff like that um i'm always and like i mean i don't I mean, it's gonna go out to the world, but like I love working with military folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, like, you yeah. know, I mean we have this
0: Yeah, be careful with what you help. ask for. You might get about a gazillion of resumes, right? but yeah. Um so
1: one of the things I'd like to stress about, you know, transitioning and really looking for opportunities outside of the military was uh the fact that the executive protection industry I think is really good for guys and gals to look at. Um, it's given me a tremendous amount of experience. Sixty countries did that in the first year and a half hit over 60 countries have had access to amazing things because of this career, but also it dovetails seamlessly with all the values that we learn in the military. Um, And the industry is going to double over the next 10 years, the next decade. So right now, private security is in a boom. Uh, So getting into the industry, this is the time to do it. And there's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's actually, in a place now where you have career paths, you have benefits. It's not like it was when I got in, when it was like some guys, if you know a guy, you know, you get in and you get paid, you know, cash, you know, now it's, it's, it's really turned into something really holistic and beautiful. So getting guys into this game is something that I specialize in with that training day success package. Um, and it is one way I really want to serve, you know, my brothers and sisters getting out. Cause that's the position I was in. Right. I was like, you know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And uh, by the grace of God, and kind of a miracle, I found myself on one of the biggest international executive protection details as a young man um, right out of the Marine Corps. You know, I was I was in Israel before I even got out. I was going through passport control, and I was like, I'm going to get snatched up. Like, <laughs> like, like, like I'm not going to make it. I'm going to get yanked off this detail. But, you know, it all worked out. So, yeah, I think that uh, that should take a real hard look at the executive protection. Like, History and I'm, I'm His here.
2: training day package is two thumbs up. I, I can personally attest to it because I've I've gone through it. So
1: going yeah. through it, awesome. From and himself right there. Boop. Byron B
0: it's always good having you on um, Byron Rogers. I wish you much success and I hope people do check out your book and, um, check out your agency and, and all your website and all that good stuff. Listen to your podcast. There's probably a lot of great information. Um, of course we're following you guys on uh, Instagram, especially you Byron. So if people want to, you know, when we drop the episode, we'll, we'll drop you and tag you, uh, on that and everything's and put out your website, the whole bit of information. But anyway, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and, uh, We're having a good chat here.
1: It was absolutely an honor to come and hang with y'all and, you know, try to make a contribution to my brothers and sisters out there in arms. So uh, thank you so much for having me.